Good morning. Boy, it's a good-looking group. Well, some of you is good-looking, but some of you, anyway, I'm glad to see you all here. Um, if you're a first-time visitor, be sure you fill out your card and get your gift, and Thomas will bother you later, so be sure you get that done. Um, did anybody miss their communion? Because we, we handed those out. If you need one, we can get it to you. Okay, so uh, there was an announcement sheet made up uh, to help you keep up to date with everything that we're doing. Uh, Tuesday night's going to be our youth, 6th grade through 12th, uh, from 6 until 7.30. Uh, you're going to have kids too? Okay, they're going to have a kids night, because I thought that was last week, but Okay. Okay, so that'll be from 6 to 7.30 also. Uh, worship team meeting on Tuesday in the sanctuary starting at 6.30. Remember our vendor fair, that's going to be Saturday. If you have a table, uh, you guys get here at 6. At least by 6 to set your table up. Uh, and if you have something for the vendor fair, make sure we get it for that day. Uh, make sure all the things for our events are here. Uh, and pay for your spot. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be uh, committed to fill our baptistry. Hopefully, we'll get some people for baptism. Uh, it's the initiative for baptism Sunday. So uh, I think that's all we got this week. Oh, yeah, and uh, Norman, if you'll come up and give us our our prayer for the far and distant lands that you've come up with. Thank you. Hello. Um, today we're praying for the Sarah Makin in uh, Suriname. Um, it's a tongue twister, but they're in Africa. Um, they were um, sold for slavery, escaped from that in the 17th and 18th century, and recently in 2007 got their land back, which has inspired many indigenous people around the world to do the same. Um, but the population is 30,000, 4% Christian, only 0.08% um, evangelical. Their primary religion is not Islam this time, it's ethnic religions, things like snake gods, things like um, where to uh, plant gardens, different things like that, a lot of idol worship. Um, in their in their ethnic religions, excuse me. So let's pray for them today. Father God, thank you for this time. I pray that, Lord, I, I thank you for their liberty and their freedom and that they have regained their land. I pray that they can set aside idols and look towards you and that they can find Jesus. Lord, I pray you liberate everybody everywhere. And Lord, I, I just pray for your spirit to come across all the nations. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll stand and continue to worship. Thank you. 
Father, Lord, we just come to you right now. We just thank you for the day. We just thank you for this congregation. We thank you for just a chance to get to worship you, Lord. I pray for the message, Lord, and I pray that it speaks to someone here today, Lord. And I pray that if someone just, someone doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that they take that step today to accept that previous salvation. And we just love and thank you for everything. Thank you so much, worship team. It's looking a little different, isn't it? Um, it's a learning process for everybody, so y'all just be, bear with us, bear with the team, bear with the, the tech back there. We're going to get the hang of it, and uh, life's going to be good. I'm super excited about uh, what the Lord is doing. We do practice on Tuesday nights for anybody uh, that would be interested in joining this team, and uh, y'all pray for them, and we'll be praying for uh, worship as they get ready to lead us in worship each Sunday. We're going to go into a time of communion right now, and I hope you received your um, your cup and your your bread. If you um, there's two tabs. If you've never if you've never done it like this, there's two different tabs on your um, on your. Yep, I hear you tearing it now. Um, but uh, you know, this is a this is a special time, and, and we try to do it at least quarterly uh, here at Cross Life. And uh, next year, I think I'm gonna uh, be a little bit more orderly with with how we do it, and go ahead and put it on the calendar and things like that, to so you can be prepared. But this is a time where uh, believers um, participate in what we call the Lord's Supper. And um, so what you hold in your hand right now uh, would be the piece of, the piece of bread, and this represents uh, Jesus' body. And in, in Luke chapter uh, number 22, um, they're, they're getting ready to, um, to, to have the Last Supper with Jesus. And it says this in Luke 22, verse 14, When the hour had come, he sat down with the twelve disciples with him, and, and he answered to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, meaning he's going to the cross. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took the bread and he blessed it and he said these words, do this in remembrance of me. And he goes on and he continues talking to the disciples at this time, and um, in verse 18, he, he says this, For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Likewise, he also took the cup after the supper, and he said this, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me at this table. And truly the Son of Man goes, has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. He took it and blessed it, and he said, do this in remembrance of me. There should be a spot somewhere right there in front of you that you could put that, and we'll make sure we clean up the trash after church is over this morning. But I believe that in Luke 22, as Jesus is getting ready to, to go to the cross, I, I think we need to be reminded today of just exactly uh, what he actually did. And, and, and it wouldn't do any justice today to, to do the Lord's Supper without sharing with you that he did it for you on the cross. And he did it for me. And he did it for this world. And if there's somebody here today that has never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life, then my prayer today, my prayer all morning has been 
that somebody would respond to that. That as, as we look at ourselves and, 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 and cleanse ourselves within, that we really ask ourselves, do I really know Jesus? And does he know me by name? And next Sunday morning, we're going to have an initiative Sunday. And right now, I don't have anybody signed up to, to be baptized next Sunday. But this is my prayer, that God would send us someone. And I'm going to fill the baptistry on faith for next Sunday morning. We're going to fill it this week, and we're just going to wait for God to work. And so if God is pricking your heart or maybe placing that on your heart to uh, take the step of believer's baptism, maybe you've accepted Jesus before, but you've never taken that step before, then I, I want to give you that opportunity next week um, to show the world what exactly you're going to do. And as you um, simply just take the step of obedience, uh, you have a church family that loves you and that will be praying for you. And so, church, you pray with me this week that as we fill the baptistry on faith, that God would send somebody. This morning, we're going to be continuing our sermon series um, titled, This Is Us. And we're in part five today. Um, today would mark technically the halfway point of, of this series. And, and I hope that maybe you've learned a little bit about cross life through it. I hope that maybe uh, you've been able to, to grasp what we try to do and, and how we try to do it. And so today I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter number 17. The Gospel of John chapter number 17. And we're going to look at a very popular prayer um, today. And this is what I've titled our message, Praying Like Jesus. Anybody want to pray like Jesus in here? Like, do you, do you have that desire? Um, there, there's one thing about Jesus in his ministry. He taught them to do life together. And he taught them everything that he knew and everything that he said. Uh, he, he spoke these words to them. And so he wants them to learn to pray like him, even the disciples. On, a, on an instance, on an account in the Gospels, the disciples looked at Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Have you ever asked God that before? Have you ever just opened up your heart and said, Lord, I don't know how to do this, but I want to do it. That's what I wanted to learn with our air condition here in the uh, sanctuary this week. Like, Lord, I want to learn how to do something with my life. Like, teach me something. But have you ever asked God to say, Lord, just teach me to pray. Teach me to talk to you. Teach me to communicate with you, prayer is essential to the believer. Prayer is the way that ultimately we communicate with God. And if praying is a communicating factor to talking to God, then prayer must take place in the church, in the life of the believer. We do nothing without prayer. Hey, the vendor fair next week. Big event, by the way, Saturday coming up. Biggest event of the year probably so far this year. Uh, most people that we'll ever have on the property probably this year. It's an exciting day. But nothing happens without prayer. There's been a lot of prayer go into the event. And, and to see things happen, to see the ministry get put into motion, it's not about our ability to do things. It's about God's ability to do it through us. And the only way to stay centered upon the will of God is communication to God in prayer. And so the Gospel of John chapter 17, um, what better way to talk about the core value of prayer than going to a passage where Jesus instructs 
us through a prayer that is just so powerful. It was a prayer of emotion. It was a, a prayer of hurt. It was a prayer of concern. It was a prayer of praise. And you see, even Jesus spent time talking to God. Even the perfect man, the man that lived a sinless life, the man that did no wrong, had to spend time in prayer with his father. And I think it's important for us to grasp that and to understand that, that God hears our cries. Now, Jesus was crying out to God in this passage. And the question I've got for you today is, when was the last time that you can say you just totally cried out to God? Maybe it was this week. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it's been a few months. Maybe it's even been a, a few years. But when was the last time you can sincerely say that I gave everything up so that I could pray out to the God that I say that I serve and the God that I believe in? You know, this week and, and maybe even for maybe the last month, I'll tell you, it's like we've been, we've been through the trial by, by fire uh, ever since VBS, amen? Like, it just seems like every week something happens, okay? And you know why that happens? Because God is working in this place. And the enemy, I, I told you about a month ago, the enemy was going to come, and he was going to try to destroy what God was trying to do. And that has happened. But we've stayed vigilant through it all. Listen, you know, church is at its peak right now, and what does Satan do? He brings COVID back into everybody's minds again, right? Like, it, it, it's, it's there, okay? And, it, and it's hard. It's the hardest time in my life uh, of ministry because nobody prepared me for a pandemic. <laughs> like, uh, Norman, you won't, you won't learn down in seminary, man. There won't be a class on Pandemics 202. Like, it won't happen. But when it does happen, we have to know how to adapt, and we have to know how to fight through it. And Cross Life, I commend you today. Like, we have fought through it, and we have adapted into this season, and God has blessed us for it. But it has not happened without us hitting our knees in prayer. It has not happened without you going home and spending time in prayer for Cross Life and spending time in prayer during our worship services and in our Bible studies and whatever else goes into things. It does not happen without prayer. And so number one this morning, we're going to jump right into the verses. We've got to understand that we can't neglect praying for ourselves. We can't neglect praying for ourselves. Church, this is a hard one for me. Uh, I care about everybody else. And so often, I forget about myself. I've, I've been told that my whole life. I'm told that by my wife about every single week. Thomas, you've got to take care of yourself. So I'm preaching as much to myself today as I am to you. Look at verses 1 through 5 of John 17. Jesus prays for himself in verses 1 through 5. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said this, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world even was. How powerful is that? 
know, Jesus knew that his time had come. He knew that his, his time was limited. That in that garden, that there was going to be some events that were going to take place. If you remember, this is when Jesus was arrested. And he knew that he had finished what God had sent him to this earth to do. And this is the thing. He was ready to hand it off. We're going to see that in just a moment. He was ready to hand off that ministry, to to hand off everything that he had taught and everything that he had preached. And verse 4 is where it gets me to Moses when Jesus says, I have glorified you on this earth. I have finished the work which you would have me to do. Church, our work's not over yet. Until that trumpet sounds, or I pass away, or you pass away, like our our work doesn't stop. I've said it before. I think Clayton King once said this, if if you're not dead, God's not done with you. If you are not dead, God is not done with you. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how many years you've served in the church, how many years you served as deacon or trustee or whatever it is, leaders. God ain't done with you until you're dead. And so if you've got a heartbeat, everybody, everybody feel if you've got a heartbeat this morning. If you have a heartbeat, then God's going to still work in your life if you allow him to do that. And this is what Jesus was doing. And, and I, can't, I can't preach anything else to you today if, if I can't get to you on this. You must not neglect yourself. I've had to learn that this week. I, I, had, to, I had to take an afternoon just for myself this week. So for my sanity more than anything. Hey, like, and for Thomas to take a, an afternoon, like, there, there's a lot of weight going. You know, like, it, it takes a lot. And I share this with you because I'm human. I told Tiffany that last night. Tiffany's like, you've been very open with your emotions lately. And I was like, I'm human. And I just want people to understand that. Like, the same struggle that you go through during the day is the same struggle that your pastor goes through too. Like, just because I'm a pastor and and I'm a a preacher of the Word of God does not mean that we don't get distracted and we don't carry around weights and and everything else. Like, this is the thing. Okay, And, and, and... we struggle to find time for devotion sometimes, don't we? Like we, we, we struggle to find time to open our Bibles for ourselves. We struggle to find a time for prayer. We struggle to find balance. Like anybody have balance in life for the last year and a half? Like the, the, my weeks are different every week. I don't know about you, um, but the weeks are different. Nothing looks alike. You think you got a week planned out and come Tuesday, everything comes crashing down. Like that's just how life goes. And the older that I get, the more that I realize that's just how it's gonna be probably the rest of my life. I don't I don't have structure like I want to have sometimes. But we struggle. Hey, we care about people. I care about people. Like people are as my number one thing. I care deeply about my church. Uh, if I didn't, I, I wouldn't be here. I, I care deeply about you. I care deeply about our spirituality. I care deeply about your marriage. I care deeply about your children and your families and your health and, and everything else that goes into play there. I care deeply for what God is doing here, not only in the sanctuary, but in this community as a whole. Like That is what God has called me to do, is to care deeply about people. I care deeply about those that God has put in front of me to disciple and to pastor. You think I want to mess up that relationship with somebody that I'm discipling through life? No. You think I want to uh, hurt them if they find out that, that I'm dealing with something? No. But we learn through sharing our struggles. 
And the more in my life that I'm open with things, the more that I realize people can help me when I struggle and you struggle and when we all struggle. Here's the thing that's kind of shifted my focus a little bit over the, the last few months. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine on the phone. It was probably, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago. Um, and I was talking to him throughout the week, and, and he just said these words to me. He says, Thomas, I, I hear you talk, and he says, listen, man, if you, if you don't take care of yourself, you won't have people to take care of. You won't have people to care about. You won't have people to disciple and to pastor because you're going to end up throwing in the towel because you're just tired. That's what they told me. And those words rang so true to me for, I mean, I've heard it my whole, my whole ministry. <laughs> but I was like, man, I got to got to take a step back and take care of myself, you know? Like, have you ever just wanted to take care of yourself and to love on your family and kind of just put off things to decide for a moment and focus on just that? You ever had those moments? You know, you, this is this is the thing, and, and this week as I've prepared and, and, and prayed for today and, and prayed for you and prayed over these seats, that those same words just rang in my head again. Um, as Jesus was praying for himself. If we want to be like Jesus, we've got to read the words and we've got to apply those words. And Jesus is like, Thomas, in the middle of you preparing this sermon, you need to stop and you need to pray for yourself. And so this is what I want to do this morning. I want us to go in prayer. And I'm going to pray for ourselves that, that God would give us an ability to be open with ourselves. So let's pray together. Lord, we, we thank you. God, we thank you for John 17, where we can open up ourselves to pray for us. Lord, right now, I, I pray for myself. God, as I proclaim your word this morning, as I preach what you have laid on my heart for the core value of prayer, Lord, as there's been so many things that have come into our hearts this week, Lord, we, we cannot neglect ourselves. So Lord, help us in that. Lord, I, I speak over every single person here today that, that you would just help them, Lord, see the need to take care of themselves. Lord, I, I pray for me. I pray that this week would be a week of, of energy for me, that this week would be a, a week of enlightenment to, to me as, as we get ready to um, to really share your gospel all, all day long on Saturday, Lord. I, I pray that you would, you would help me with uh, energy and, and preparation and give the words to say that need to be said. And also, Lord, as we prepare messages upon messages for the next several weeks, um, that you would give me the words that you would want preached to this congregation. Lord, open up our eyes, open up our ears, so that we would be more like you to pray for ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I, I think that we, we need to get serious about prayer. You know, how does Jesus want to pray? How does he want us to pray for ourselves? He wants us to do as we just did, glorify him in what we do, pray the energy that we have to share for others, make sure that our eternal home is secured, <laughs> that we know Jesus Christ, 
How do we do that? You, you ask Jesus Christ and, and to come into your heart. And if you haven't done that, then now's the perfect opportunity to do just that. You don't have to wait until we sing an invitation song or the end of a service. You can ask Jesus to save you right now, and he'll save you right now. I believe that. No, Don't neglect praying for yourself. And if you're a believer, pray that God would use you. Pray that God would redeem you. Pray that he would use you to impact others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number two this morning, don't neglect praying for your leaders. Don't neglect praying for your leaders. Look at verses 6 through 19 with me. This is a, a pretty lengthy one. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You have given them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you have gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. What Jesus is doing here is he is praying for those that he has been leading. He is praying for those disciples. If you if you know anything about the Bible, right after Jesus dies on the cross, there's there's a time where uh, he raises from the dead, and in a little while longer, in Acts chapter one verse eight, Jesus comes to these disciples one last time, and he says, "These things I have spoke to you, that you would be my witnesses in Judea and the, in the Samaria and to the ends." uttermost parts of the earth. And, and this is the thing. He then ascends into heaven. And that's the last time that they see him. So Jesus knows the time is limited, that these 12 men are uh, people that he has just been discipling. These, these men have, have been with him every step of the way. For three and a half years, they have done ministry together. They have walked with him. They have talked with him. They have probably cried together. They have sung together, just like a big family reunion, really. And Jesus is getting ready. And as he's getting ready to go to the cross, he says, I've got to pray for these guys. I've got to pray for those that are going to lead because this is the thing. If the disciples don't carry it out, then the gospel message would probably stop. And so it was going to be very important. Yes, there had been people that had given their lives to the Lord, but you didn't see leaders like the disciples. 
These were the guys that were going to carry the torch. They were going to be the ones that carry on the name. And this is saying we, we need to be passionately praying for the leaders that God has put in Cross Life Church. We, we need to pray that God would use our leaders to impact others. Not only to impact others, but that God would create new leaders. That new leaders would rise up because this is the thing. After about 20 years, somebody's going to want to take a rotation off, you know. It's going it's to be hot and heavy, you know. And this is the thing. Like, as more as we have in the pipeline, the easier that leadership is. And so not only do we pray for who we have right now, we need to pray for those that will become. That God will give us boldness. That God would breathe fresh and new ideas into hearts. We need to pray that we would be able to stand against the uh, enemy schemes, that they would know and listen to the voice of God, that they would be blameless and upright as the Bible talks about, that they would be secure and remember that the God they serve moves mountains. We can't expect our leaders to do big things if we aren't praying for them to do big things. I'm going to say that again. We can't expect our leaders to do big things if we're not praying for them to do big things. Don't call the leader out saying they're doing something wrong if you ain't praying for them. Pray for them to do the right thing. We, we need to cover them with our prayer. And this is what Jesus does in verses 9 through 18. He makes it very clear in his prayer that he was not praying for the world. He says that. He says, I'm not praying for the world today. The world's an evil place. But I'm praying for God to send people out into this world to make it a better place. He gives us the reminder here that he was no longer going to be in the world, but he wanted to pray for those that would still be in this world. And he prayed that no one, or, or they would be uh, one with God, that they would be unified with God. He was praying that leaders would be unified with himself and that they would know God. And here's the truth. There may be people in this world you may not like, and I may not like, but be reminded that just because you don't like them or I don't like them doesn't mean Jesus doesn't love them. There may be people in this world that make wrong decisions. And there may be people that we want to beat our heads against the TV screens and the, and the walls and everything else. But we need to pray that they make right decisions. And the only way that that can happen is that God change hearts. I'm not a political guy at all, and, I don't, and I'm not going to try to be. Um, I would fail in a political, uh, whatever you call them, debates that they have. But I feel like this needs to be said. There may be leaders today that you did not vote for. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't still pray for them. And that's hard truth, isn't it? It's tough. And I don't know where we're at today and... Look, this is, this, is what I'm, this is what I'm focused on. I'm focused on Jesus, and I'm focused on his word, and I'm focused on Thomas McDonald doing the right thing for this world and my family to be grown up as disciples of Jesus so that when we do stand against evil schemes, that we've been taught right, that we would act right, that we would love right, and that we would abide by the word. We need, to be, we need to remember 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, 
then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. We've got to pray for our leaders. Jesus says, I'm not praying that you take them out of this world. I'm not praying that at all, but instead that you keep them from the evil one. We need to pray that God would use our leaders to do extraordinary things. We need to pray that God would raise up new leaders behind our current leaders. We need to pray for our youth and for our children that God would pick that person right now in those youth groups and those children's groups that are going to rise to the top, that they're going to be that person. Because this is the thing, in student ministry, you need a leader. In, in, in kid ministry, there's always that kid that you see flashes uh, uh, of instance. And we've, we've got some smart kids in this church. We've got some smart students in this church that have leadership capabilities. And church, I don't want to see us say, no, you can't do that. I've been there before. I, I believe that God can use anybody. Remember the two loaves and the five fish? Or the five loaves and the two? Yeah. Yeah, the story. <laughs> Remember the story? A little boy comes up comes up to Jesus, and God uses that little boy to feed 5,000 people. Five loaves and two fish, right? Uses a little, a little boy, just a little lad. They called him a lad. Probably, probably like little Bruce back there. Maybe Bruce. How old are you, Bruce? Eleven. I think, I think scholars said the kid was 12 years old. And God used him in a mighty way to feed 5,000 people, and the little boy didn't even know it. Didn't even know what was happening. But God spit a miracle out by the use of a little boy. Remember Jesus? Jesus has a little boy. He goes into the temple, and he starts teaching them. Church, we can learn from anybody. I can learn from that a little frog if I need to. Like if I study that frog long enough, I can learn from it. Hey, I think we can learn from people too. And I think our students are really smart people. Maybe some, some of these are the smartest students I've ever met. And God can do them, use them to, to do extraordinary things. So this is what I want us to do right now. I want us to stop and I want us to pray for our leaders. And not only pray for our leaders, but that God would raise up leaders, that, that God would raise up students, that God would raise up us as adults. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. God, thank you for leadership. Lord, right now, we, we pray a special prayer over this church, God, that you would help us and understand that we can't do it without you. But God, we also can't do it without leadership and sound godly decisions. So Lord, I pray for those that are in leadership right now here at Cross Life. Whether it be Bible study, whether it be leadership team, whether it be somebody that, that helps uh, put up the flags on Sunday mornings, got all the way from the top to the bottom. Lord, I, I pray that you would use them. God, that through their actions, you would grow them up. Lord, I pray for our students right now. God, that you would raise them up. Lord, that you would, you would go ahead and spotlight a student that's going to be a leader. Lord, and let them begin to lead. Lord, we pray for our children, all the way from our babies through our, our fifth graders.
God, right now as they're being taught the Word of God, help them write it on their heart and apply it to their hearts and their minds that they can serve you in such a grand way. Lord, I pray that we would create opportunities that our students could help lead. Lord, thank you for our technology team back there. As baby Bruce is back there on the computer today, Lord, as, as, as we see Wilmer and Carolina and, and some of these younger people step up to the plate to lead in that way. Lord, we can't do it without them. So God, let them know that they're doing a great thing. Lord, I pray for new leaders. I pray that you would create a pipeline, that, that we have so many leaders that we have to send people out to plant churches because we have so many leaders at Cross Life. Lord, that's our heart, that's our minds, that's what, that's what we want to do. And Lord, move in that way. Lord, I pray for our leaders today in America. Lord, I pray that you would reach out your hand and reach their heart. God, as they make decisions, not only locally here in Rowan County, but Lord, nationally, statewide, God, I, I pray that they would go to you before making any decision that we would do the things that you would want us to do, God, that we would be in your will, that we would turn from our wicked ways and ask you to forgive us and to heal our land. Lord, we give you all the praise and glory. And Lord, we live in a great place here in America. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lastly, this morning, I want us to, to stop and think. Don't, don't neglect praying for others and the lost. Don't neglect praying for others and the lost. Look at verses 20 through 26. Jesus says these words, I, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, for that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that I, or that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one. That the world may know that you have sent me and they have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. And that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundations of this world. O oh, righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. I can't say it any better. Like, I just... I'll just stop. You know, Jesus speaks these words. And really what he's doing, he's pouring his heart out to God, his Father, knowing that he has done everything in his power to help as many people as he could in those three and a half years to understand the gospel on a clear basis, to understand exactly what is going on in that time frame. And here he is while, while, he's, while he's out there, his disciples are out there sleeping. Like they, he told them not to go to sleep, to keep watch. Okay? And the disciples don't even know what the man's doing. Other than he was going to go to this garden and go on his knees. And he was going to spend time with the Father. The disciples have no idea the load that they're going to carry. 
If you notice in the Bible, after Jesus dies on the cross, for, for a little bit of a time, most of the disciples just disappeared off the map, did they not? Like, we didn't hear from them for a little while. Like, they, they were scared. Like, oh my goodness, the man wasn't lying. Church, the question is, like, they, they saw it for their own eyes. What's it going to take for us to believe? There's going to be a day that the trumpet sounds and he takes his church away. And if we ain't ready for it, we're going to be left behind. And if you, I, I've read, I've read the book. <laughs> uh, go read Revelation. Well, that's some, that's some tough stuff. This is the thing. If we ain't ready for it, and we haven't given our life to him, we ain't going to be taken away with it. I don't know about you, but my heart's ready. Like I, I, I think me and Patrick were talking about it this morning. Like I, I could, I could care less if the trumpet sounded right now. Like I, I, I'm ready. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss my 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 earthly life. Okay, I'm gonna miss my marriage and my and my and having and growing up. You know, Riley. But man, the best thing that could happen to Riley's life right now is Jesus comes back. Amen. Like I, I believe that. And Jesus is here, and he's. He's saying this, don't neglect praying for each other. That's what he's doing here. He's, he's praying for all of the believers. He's praying that they would carry the gospel out, that they would be so productive with the gospel that everybody in, in the lost world would know him as Lord and Savior. That everybody that, that is living this life right now would have an opportunity to hear the gospel for the very first time and respond to it. Church, may we never get away from praying for those that don't know Jesus yet. Can I encourage you for a moment? Maybe, maybe you've been praying for that one person, and they, and they haven't turned their life to Jesus. Can I encourage you to not stop praying? God hears your cry. We can rejoice today that since we preached the power of one sermon series just a few months ago, that two people, three people back there on this board have been saved since that sermon series. Keep praying for them, folks. Keep praying for those people that don't know Jesus. And when they know Jesus, we're going to celebrate with you because we are praying with you. I've got that board up in my office for a reason because any time that I walk into my office during the week, I see that board. First thing that I see when I walk in, and it reminds me to pray for those people. And so if you think nobody else is praying with you on those names, know that your pastor is praying with you, and he is with you in the trenches. We cannot neglect praying for the lost. As Jesus wraps up John 17, and he prays for these believers, he knows the work is cut out for them. He knows it's not going to be easy. He knows that they're going to need to take a stand, and he knows they go and talk to others that they will have to know that God has sent them. And the Bible says that God knows our every need, that he knows our every thought. We do need to pray for those that will believe that they will be empowered by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Their empowering would lead them to have those hard gospel conversations with people that need a saving grace. In a survey back in 2019, statistics showed that only 20% of evangelical Christians prayed every day. This statistic in itself, we need to pray for. That believers say only 20% are praying on a regular basis, on a daily basis. 
We need to pray for those that have yet to hear the name of Jesus. We need to pray for those that are sitting in a church service each week that doesn't know Jesus. We need to pray for those that won't even grace the parking lot of a church because of something that happened 35 years ago. We need to pray for their souls that they will know Jesus. That there's nothing else that we can pray for. I'm encouraging you today to pray for the lost. If there's nothing else that we can pray for today, I'm encouraging you to pray for your family. Pray for those children in your family that may not know Jesus yet. And I'm asking you, pray for yourself. Pray for the gospel to be preached and to be heard around the world. We need a great revival to sweep across this nation, do we not? We, we need the people of God to wake up and, and share Christ at no matter the cost. We need to be willing to stand in the trenches with others in order to share the gospel. And we need to form an alliance here, church. We need to form an alliance here at Cross Life, an army of believers that will not back down, that will not quit, that will not fall, and that will not fail. We need to rise up and to make sure that some way, somehow, every child, every youth, every adult can hear the name of Jesus. And church, we just need to pray for that. That's the only way to do it. There's no event that's going to reach that. Yeah, you can reach the kids, you can reach the students, you can reach all the adults, but if the gospel isn't the center priority, then all you did was put on something good for the community. The gospel has to be it. The gospel has to be in hands. We need to pray for this weekend. Pray that through our witness, people will respond. Pray that through our workers, that people will respond. Pray for those that will be setting up tents at this vendor fair. We have 43 vendors in this community that's going to be out here for this vendor fair this coming weekend. And I'll guarantee some of these vendors don't know Jesus. Church, we can be a light. Some of you are going to be set up right beside some of these people. You that have a, have a tent in the, in the vendor fair through our church. We need to pray that if they're not connected to a church home, that this event may withdraw them in to, to want a church home. We need to pray for those that are going to be helping with serving at the event. We need to pray for those that would have the godly attitude all day and that we would stay upbeat and that we would not get tired and that we would not back down. 6 a.m. is early, Kathy. Um, we, we need to pray for those that will be coming. As we put the gospel in their hands, as we put the peace to the puzzle in their hands for them to know Jesus, that they would turn to him that they would pray with them, that there would be gospel conversations and lots and lots to pray through. Let me say this. There will be lost people on our campus this Saturday. I'll say that one more time. There will be lost people on our campus this Saturday. And let's do nothing but show them Christ. First Thessalonians five sixteen through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I also love what James has to say in James 5, verses 15 through 18. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. We need to pray as Jesus does. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. How do we become more like Jesus? We start having the heart to pray like Jesus. Here he is, a man that knew his time on earth was limited. A man that was going to go to the hill on Mount Calvary to die on a cross. He went to this solitary place so that he could get on his knees and that he could cry out to his father. Ever seen the movie War Room? The garden was Jesus' war room. And every sin of the world was on his shoulders at that time. You ever seen the movie Passion of the Christ? A very, a very touching scene of the movie is when Jesus is praying in that garden. Seeing Jesus weep as he prayed. When was the last time we cried out to God and wept? When was the last time we shared a tear for that person that doesn't know Jesus? He went to this solitary place so he could pray to commission those disciples out. Those that would be leading, those that would be left behind to carry out this job. He prayed that they would not turn to the world, but that they would keep turning to Christ. He prayed for those that he would be hearing the gospel. He prayed for there to be an everlasting impact. The same Jesus that prayed in the garden should be the same way that we are encouraged in the midst of his presence this morning. Our invitation is going to be simple as Amber and the worship team come forward to get ready for our closing song. They're going to sing a song in a moment called, There's Another in the Fire. Church, are you in the fire with them today? Worship team, come on. I'm thankful for today that Jesus saved me from the fire. I'm thankful for today that Jesus reached out his hand and he grabbed my heart and he said these words, I want you. I want you to be saved. I want to give you an eternal home. I want to give you heaven. The same Jesus that died on the cross for the sins of this world is the same Jesus that loves you in the midst of your sin right now. And he wants to embrace you. And he wants to forgive you. And the only thing that I can say to you today, church, is if you don't know him and you've never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, you need to be running to the arms of Jesus today. There's no other time to wait. The world's a dark place right now. And it's tough. Hey, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of strongholds going on in this world. And the only thing that we can do in a time like this is run to the Father and run into the arms of Jesus Christ, the one that gives me life, the one that gives me strength, the one that gives me hope. And church, if you don't have hope today, let me give you some hope. Because there's a man named Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. He gave up his life for you on the cross so that you could have hope. And that you could have eternal life with him in heaven for the rest of your life. There is no money that you've got to pay. There's no spend $10 here and we promise eternal life. I'm telling you, it's a free gift. Everything is free of charge because Jesus loves you that much. And there was about, I don't know, 10 years ago now. 
maybe even longer than 12, 13 years ago, that Jesus reached out his hand in the midst of a storm in my life. And he says, Thomas, I want you. And for the first time ever, Thomas trusted in Jesus Christ like he had never trusted before. And let me tell you, life hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy all 13 years of that. But it has gotten better. Because I trusted for the very first time something that I never thought I could trust. I was one of those that I didn't want to give up my control. I loved, I loved living my life. <laughs> I loved doing my own thing. And Jesus says, listen, I got more for you. And about two years later, for whatever reason, at 18, 19 years old, he reached out his hand again and he said, Thomas, I got more plans for you. You're going to be in ministry the rest of your life. And you're going to stop fishing for everything that you want to do in this life. And you're going to start fishing for people. As Jesus called his disciples out. And see, I was a sports guy. I loved sports. Everybody that knows me knows I love sports. College football was on all day yesterday. Praise God. <laughs> but he took that away from me. I went to a college that didn't even have sports. I went to a college that didn't even have a running track. In all a college that didn't even have a TV in my dorm room. And all I had was a Bible and a computer that was ancient to use. Because I was a broke college kid. But I knew I was surrendering my life to ministry. And let me tell you, not one time in my life have I ever thought I didn't make the right decision. And three years ago, in the middle of a church service where I'm pastoring a church... God reached out his hand to me again. He says, Thomas, you're going to go plant a church. Here I am pastoring a church. And I tell the church that morning, church, I don't, I don't understand it. But I've got to be obedient to what God is calling me to do. And none of it happened without prayer. Church, for three years now, we have been praying for this to take place. The Bible says... The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Church, we need, we need laborers to go sent out to the harvest. We need mission workers to go be sent out in times of need. We, need. we need people to love on people. We need people that can simply put a flag out on Sunday and take them out when the service is over. We, we, we need people that can empty a trash can. If you're good at emptying trash cans, we need you Saturday. If you're good at directing somebody into a traffic, we need you Saturday. And the only thing that we can possibly do in this life is to serve Jesus. And if that's all I do the rest of my life, then guess what? I'm good to go. Because I am serving Jesus Christ, the one who saved me and the one that gave me life and the one that gives me breath. When I wake up in the morning, I feel that heartbeat. I know God's got another day in store for me. So I'm telling you, church, live it to the fullest. Serve him with everything you've got. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. God, in the moments of our weakness, you are strong. In the moments where things seem heavy, God, you make them lighter. God, in the moments that we need strength, 
in the moments that we need to be strong, God, you provide it out of nowhere most of the time. Lord, in the moments where we doubt ourselves, you give us a realization that we can do it. God, in the moments that we are in the valley, you get us onto the mountaintops. God, in the moments that we feel like we are nothing, God, you say we're something. And the only way that we can do that is if we bow our heads and we, and we cry out to a holy God that we say that we serve to change our hearts and to change our lives because, God, you are worthy of our praise. And you are worthy of everything that goes on in this place. Lord, these moments of prayer today, these moments that you have shadowed over us and you have spent your spirit in such a mighty way across this room, across this atmosphere, God, I believe there is somebody today that needs to make a change in their life. God, I believe there is somebody today that needs to turn from their sin and give their life over to you. And Lord, I pray that they won't leave this place until they do it. Lord, you are worthy. And you give us life. And you give us life so that we can abundantly live for you. God, I pray for our leaders. I pray for those that will be in our path. I pray for others. I pray for the lost today. That we would know you. That we would find the next one. And we would find the next one. And you would bring them to us. God, as we sing this one last song, another one in the fire. Lord, let us understand that you are in the fire with us. Just as that account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, God, you stood in the fire with them so that they would not get burned. And Lord, I can promise today that if we would give our hearts to you, that we would know you as Lord and Savior of our life, that we will not be burned. That we would have life. Because you promised that in your word. Have your will, have your way during this invitation. Lord, if there's somebody here that needs to respond to you in any way, God, I pray that they would come forward during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with us. Another one in the fire. You come. If you need to pray, we've got the altar open. If you need to pray for somebody today, if you need a change in your life and you want to give your life to Jesus today, you come. I'll be standing here waiting. There is grace when the heart is on fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning.
time out of your Sunday to worship with Cross Life today, and I don't know, the Lord moved in a mighty way today, amen, like, I feel the Spirit here like I've never felt it before, and I don't believe God is done with this place today, don't ever think that you can't call us and talk to us, but we're here for you, and we love you, we love you deeply, I'm going to pray for us, and then I need to make an announcement, if we'll go off the live feed, I'll, I'll make an announcement, and uh, we'll send you out. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for our worship team. Thank you for their voices. Lord, thank you for calling Amber to lead us. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word another time. Lord, I pray today that our people will leave blessed. That they've heard a word from you. That we'll be taking the stride to pray like you. And God, if we don't know how to pray like you, that we would ask you to teach us to pray. Lord, as disciples of you, I, I pray that you would grow us and make us to be who you would want us to be. Because God, you've told us that 
We're not nobody. We're a somebody. And that somebody is here to change the world one life at a time. So God, help us do that. Help us reach those that are lost. Help us reach those that have never trusted in you as Lord and Savior of their life. And also help us be the the hospital for those that are sick that, that need to come in and be restored and to be refreshed. Lord, thank you for new faces today. Thank you for that encouragement. As we leave this place, help us know that we're on mission for you. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.